This is Opinionated. I don't really have a full understanding of it, but that won't stop me from having an opinion. That's why we're here. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson. You know, crypto is no longer just about money. It's about culture now. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process. Part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just the future of money anymore. As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it out. I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company in Silicon Valley. Ben, you're old enough to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea. (laughs) And just a reminder... Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hey, this is Danny Nelson. I'm here at Consensus 2022 in the Coindesk podcasting booth. We are back with some more exciting guests, Amanda Terry and Bill Tai, co-founders of MetaGood, a really exciting NFT project that's trying to go out there and make a difference in Web3. And I want to learn what it is that MetaGood is doing to make a difference. So, Bill... What's the vision and what is uh, MetaGood doing at this moment to further that? Hey, Danny, the, uh, the vision is basically to use NFTs as a means of kind of expression of community and a transaction mechanism to generate capital, to fund good causes and good projects and just, you know, kind of spread good karma around the world. Talk to us about what projects MetaGood has done so far. Sure, I'll start off and then uh, Amanda can pick up on the specifics of the project, but basically the mechanism we've deployed started around an early, early project uh, along with Dapper Labs, which I had helped fund in their first round. They had been the developers of a product everybody probably knows called CryptoKitties, one of the historic NFT projects. Mm-hmm. I wanted the activity around CryptoKitties to do a little bit more, so I asked them to make me a special edition CryptoKitty that I could auction off at an ocean conservation gala. Okay. We managed to sell it, got some proceeds, gave them to Captain Paul Watson, and okay. asked, asked him to park his ship in front of the turtle nesting area of the island of Antigua. And he called it Operation Gyro. He had people walk the beaches 24 by seven to make sure the little baby turtles got off the beach into the water and that the big turtles didn't get slaughtered and eaten. So it was the first ever use of an NFT to fuel an ocean charity. And that was almost four years ago. So we basically parlayed that basic behavior in drawing communities of interest to fuel NFT proceeds to fund good causes into a whole bunch of interesting things. And Amanda will hit up, can hit and on And is the ocean protection effort, is that initiative still ongoing? Or how do you make sure that the turtles survive even to this day? Yes, we are now multifaceted. And yes, we will support conservation projects. We'll fund economic empowerment. We'll fund broadband at schools, you know, education initiatives. And there are some really cool specific things as cool as the Turtle Project and maybe as meaningful that I think Amanda has a a list of them. We helped UNICEF create their own NFT collection of 1,000 NFTs, which is called Patchwork Kingdoms, which they launched in January. We've also done things like we were contacted by the Future Brilliance Group, a group out of a nonprofit out of the UK that was trying to help Sharbat Gula, who is known as Afghan Girl, and her family get out of Afghanistan to Italy. And we actually funded the whole efforts of that by the proceeds of the trading of our NFTs. 
and I'll, I'll leave you with one more and I could go, there's many things we've done. We also created our own NFT called OCM Earth, which was a mosaic of 25,000 monkeys. It was in the shape of the world with a heart over Ukraine. We sold those for 0.1 ETH. We raised 185 grand in two weeks and then we had our NFT holders vote for which community it would go to and we decided it would go to Save the Children for Humanitarian Aid in Ukraine. And we were very proud and honored to be announced as Fast Company's 20 best world-changing ideas for impact investing for some of those projects and other things that we've done. So for Save the Children, for example, how do you actually get the money to them? I know that Ukraine, the Ukrainian government has actually been very forward about accepting cryptocurrencies as cryptocurrencies. Are nonprofits to that point yet as well? Interestingly, what was so cool today is after I spoke at the XTC Web3 pitch competition, the guy from Save the Children came up to me and thanked me personally for the donation that Metagood made. And then I didn't even know this, but Save the Children was one of the first nonprofits to have a crypto wallet back in 2013. They were accepting Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And so we just wired them an ETH. Oh, okay. So yeah, just, set them beneath. Yeah. Just sending them to ETH. Yep, yep. Okay, cool. And, uh, and I, I'd like to mention that the Giga Connect project that we uh, supported is part of an initiative by the United Nations through UNICEF. And with the United Nations, the Giga Connect project was able to get the very, very first ever uh, crypto denominated fund sponsored by the United Nations. And we launched that together at the Crypto Finance Conference St. Moritz uh, a couple of years ago. You know, I mean, it's just a drop in the bucket of the number of charities out there that soon, I hope, will all accept crypto, but it's starting. The wave is starting. Mm -hmm. It's hard to talk about anything in crypto right now without thinking about the broader market we're in. Now, Bill, you've been around a while, not just investing in crypto, but investing all over the place, all over tech. You know that the market has cycles, and right now we're in a down cycle. We might even head toward a place where the, the economy more broadly is going down. How do you make sure that people and the potential users of Web3 are still excited about and getting engaged in this form of social good? Well, on a broader sense, how do they stay excited? All they have to do is walk around the floor of consensus right here in Austin, because the energy level here, amazing. I mean, just look around. There's no shortage of innovation, no shortage of projects. And I think, you know, specific to this area of, uh, of doing good in the world, yeah, I think, you know, when markets are rocking and people are feeling very wealthy, they're more inclined to donate, and some people donate just to get the tax deduction to mark against profits. But I think charitable giving is something that, yes, there's going to be a little cyclicality to it, but there's, I think, a little bit of good in everybody. And I think our mission is to try to take that little instinct and expose it and let people that have that instinct that want to reveal it tie into a community of interest where it just amplifies now, it's funny, you mentioned the tax exemption aspects of giving. Are NFT sales, are you able to classify those as a tax deduction? Uh, you know, actually, Perkins Coie is working on that right now. They actually have done a project where uh, they do have an exemption around some of the securities issues that allows 501c3s or nonprofits mm -hmm. in general to be able to issue digital assets and not be subject to the capital gains yeah. tax that is standard for regular companies. So there's a lack of clarity in that space now, but I think some of that stuff is going to get clarified, I'd say, in the next two years. And I think it is an important part of charitable giving for sure. But I think people, people have it in their hearts to support causes they care about in any case. 
I just want to say one thing on that. I know we've been talking a lot about the charitable causes, but sometimes there's a misconception that on-chain monkey, the NFT collection, is like a charity NFT. So I just want to make sure to let you know we're actually like one of the most profitable NFT collections for collectors based on profitable trades. And so we've actually, you know, we've traded 13,000 in Ethereum. You know, we're available on OpenSea, Nifty Gateway, Mintable, looks rare. We're about to do another public mint on June 29th of our Karma collection. And so while we've done this good and while we're proud and excited about the work we've done, we are 100% for profit and have been executing very well on that. And so with those profits, those profits are going to MetaGood, right? They go into, yes, the trading commissions go into the company and are split into two buckets. One is uh, to help fund the operations of the company so that we can keep supporting projects like this. The other is to be into a pool that is fueled by the holders and able to be directed through votes through a DAO. Mm -hmm. And how far along is that initiative? It's, uh, well, it's been operating for, uh, since we started. You know, so Amanda. Yeah, so we, we have, it's called the on-chain monkey DAO. Every single NFT holder will be able to both propose Web3 projects, we have a form kind of for that, and also social impact projects. Then they are discussed in our Discord. There's a few channels for that. Usually as the team, executive team, we also give feedback on proposals. And then it goes for vote. Mm-hmm. So we've done, actually our first vote was around, as I mentioned, that OCM Earth. And you know when we raised 185 grand, we wanted our community to decide where the fund should go. So we worked with one of our investors, Holly Branson, the chair of Virgin Unite, and we asked her, which are three great charities that we could work with, and then we put that to vote, and it you know went to save the children. So that was our first snapshot vote. We've been really focused on our public mint on June 29th, and then we're going to start more voting back up in July for new projects. But we have a ton of proposals that have come in, really creative stuff to help build the on-chain monkey ecosystem and brand and community. And do you have any understanding of who makes up this community? Like, are these people Web3 natives? Are they mostly based in California? Are they in Canada? Who are they? Where are they? What do they do? What brings them together? Yeah, so we have an extremely international community. I mean, I'd say you know, 85% of our holders are US-based. We have Canada, UK, a lot of holders uh, also in Asia. You know, we have 3,000 holders, I think 46,000 followers on Twitter, 19,000 people in our Discord all the time. So a very, very active community. The median age is actually 35. So these are not young, young people. They're actually people who have for the most part, some means and are really into NFTs. You know, when we first did our free mint on September 11th, Roam from Dapper Labs retweeted that tweet and they were all minted out within four hours. And so actually a lot of our initial holders were, you know, Dapper Labs, NBA Top Shot holders. And then what's been so exciting, incredible to see is kind of the organic growth of our community and just seeing all these on-chain monkey meetups happening literally all over the world. Have you been to any of those yet? I helped to drive a lot of our IRL at different conferences, so we've done some incredible stuff. And uh, yes, when I do travel outside the US, every time I will be doing an on-chain monkey meetup. We've done some things like we took our monkeys to the Grammys, so they actually went to the official pre and after party for the Grammys. We've done stuff at South by, we just had an awesome event last night with about 100 holders, some of our investors as well. At NFT NYC, we'll actually be one of the official stages. We're going to have a welcome to the jungle party where we'll serve brunch and have programming. And we're super excited to partner with NFT NYC on June 21st. Mm-hmm. And all these on-chain monkeys, are they on Ethereum? They are on Ethereum, yes. So that's the final question. Like With Ethereum, we're moving toward a place with the merge where it will be more efficient and less taxing on the environment. 
But for the moment, how do you reconcile the fact that Ethereum does you know, consume a lot of energy? You know, it's one of those things where as we got started, we had to pick a place where we knew that there would be uh, transactability, liquidity. And we also knew that at some point, Ethereum was going to move to proof of stake. Mm -hmm. So yes, while they've been burning some energy on mining you know, with hardware these days, it's been our hope, and I think the community's hope at large that, uh, that they will solve that problem. I think you know, humans are very creative. They solve problems when they're asked to, and I think the Ethereum people, they're, they're very good. It is a question of time. They've been delayed you know, year after year, but every year they get closer. Every year they get closer. That's true. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been uh, Danny Nelson at the Coindesk podcasting booth with Bill Tai and Amanda Terry. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. You've been listening to Opinionated live from Consensus 2022 in Austin, Texas. Today's episode featured Danny Nelson with guests Bill Tai and Amanda Terry. This episode has been produced by Michelle Mousseau and edited by Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is by Ellison. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, opinionated, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.